cross it in, looking for Garza, backside and in for the first goal in Atlanta United history from Yamil Assad. Take a look at history. This call is being recorded. Hi, y'all. Welcome to Five Stripe Final, the only hydrogen audio or whatever. Who cares? I don't care. Whatever. I'm not, I'm not even doing the bit. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Some soccer Good. happened nice. this week. Some sports happened mm-hmm. this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Joe has taken so, taken refuge, taken solace in, in the music of a seminal 90s band, The Wallflowers. Joe, how are we doing? <laughs> Yeah, I've just been um, I've been in the burlap sack just getting beaten over and over again uh, as far as sports are concerned this weekend. But um, yeah, other than that, I did have a cleanse going to see the Wallflowers, you know, saw them play the hits. <laughs> um, they went one headlight and the difference back to back, which was oh, wow. uh, pretty huge, pretty huge. Yeah. Um, Jacob a, Dylan was constantly complaining about how cold it was outside. You know, his uh, <laughs> Malibu ass can't deal with 50 degrees and a little bit of wind. But yeah, other than that, it was a good time. He's like the Federico Higuain of 90s rock band singers. Like, <laughs> man up. Seriously, man I would have I would have loved to see him, see him play in Columbus. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No way Jacob Dylan could handle what, what the Five Stripes went through last night. Not at all. Not at all. Um, that being said, so that was, was pretty much underwater, man. There's not a whole yeah, lot. Yeah, it was crazy. I, so I remember... Um, when I was uh, in high school or so, there was my, we had just gotten, my parents had bought a high definition television and it was like the first time we had one. And when we got it, it had these weird channels um, that were like channel number 9,000 something rather. Mm-hmm. And it had this one channel called like HD world sport or something. And it was this bizarre, like international sports feed and it had all kinds of crazy stuff. It had you know a lot of soccer content, obviously, with it being an, an international um, sports channel. And one of the one of the programs they would often play was uh, beach soccer, and that's what the game reminded me of. Beach soccer. It was like uh, you like flick the ball up and try to do crazy bicycle kicks and and crazy kicks, and the ball just kind of stops when it when it hits the ground, <laughs> and then you just kind of play like that. So yeah, it was just a very strange game. I don't know about you, but I kept thinking about that Nashville game, that uh, the preseason mm-hmm. game, uh, I guess, over a year ago now. But Joe's just scored that one goal. That, Joe, that was, now that I think about it, that was actually the first ever episode of Five Strike Final. Was it really? The first post-game one, I guess, anyway. Uh, I think we recorded one like a preview of what we were trying to do here. But uh-huh. the, the first actual yeah, game yeah, yeah. Yeah. Was, uh, was that Nashville game. Uh, wow. So big time stuff. Wow. It's like we come full circle. But wow. Yeah, Joseph scored that one where the ball hit a puddle, like right around the, right. the eight. Yeah, it was like a good from that. <laughs> the um, the goalkeeper was like standing there waiting to collect it and then it just stopped. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So so there were like many moments last night where that happened and I, yeah. I laughed immediately. It was literally it was happening hilarious. over and over and over again. <laughs> um so shout out pro the referees for uh deciding to go ahead and and play that one last night. Um, I would have loved if they had just called that after 30 minutes and said, you know what, let's try this again in a couple months from now or something. But uh, yeah. no, I'm not that lucky. I'm not sure if you 
I'm not sure if you saw Brad Guzan's post-game um, video that the team sent to media, um, just like the, the post-match uh, media recap. And uh, <laughs> he said that um, the ref was telling players that the game was probably going to be called or halted at some point around the 70th minute for them mm-hmm. to potentially postpone the game at the very least kind of squeegee the field down and, and get it a little in a little bit better shape to play on. But um, Brad Guzan, yeah, obviously didn't, <laughs> he, he had some, <laughs> uh, some words for, for the official and his um, intestinal fortitude on, on making that decision to, mm-hmm. to halt the game. And then uh, went on to call it a, a disgrace um, of a game for them to be out there. So yeah. that's fun. That is fun. That is, I always I mean, love what I always like when the players are out in the media, um, calling things a disgrace, which is a very, it's like quintessential <laughs> Brad Guzan. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. Uh, he, he's taken so much English lexicon from his days. That's uh, it's kind of unnerving at times. Um, I, odds on Brad Guzan calling someone a wanker, like in his lifetime, like <laughs> one to one, right? Oh it, yeah, it for sure. It's a hundred, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. But, like but he's still obviously. doing it. He's still doing it in America. <laughs> yeah. Like he definitely did it when he played for Villa, but he's definitely still doing it now too. God, that makes so much sense. Um, I don't know if you saw the Doug uh, Roberson uh, anecdote about a player coming in and having to shower in his uniform, like just to get warm at that point. Like they were just so soaked. They didn't even yeah. bother taking their clothes off. It was that kind of night. Um, I I just rewatched the last someone had a get, had made a gif of the the moment where the ref blows the final whistle to end the game and there is absolutely no um sportsman like you know handshaking between the team I'm sure maybe, maybe they did this stuff in the tunnel or whatever but as literally as soon as the whistle goes the players just sprint off the field into the locker room <laughs> uh, I've never seen that before in my life and then obviously yeah the whole thing about them jumping into hot showers immediately is just crazy it reminds me of like the junction boys or something except the opposite <laughs> that's that's the best comparison you've ever made I love that. <laughs> and we and, and dead gum if we don't need a bear bryant to whip these boys in the <laughs> shape. That's all we, need, we need irk russell to come take over uh frank devore and uh shout out to Minta fc who <laughs> could probably give the five stripes a run for their money at this point, um, we yeah. really de- do. I mean, we need this Atlanta United team to implement the uh, GATA philosophy. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I don't. It's I don't know if you actually missing. know where that story or that uh, acronym comes from, but it, it, it's based out of uh, at a Bobby Dodd Stadium. Uh, uh, this is a random anecdote, but we'll go ahead and go with it because I'm already there. I'm already there. I'll just take you through it. Uh, EGA losing the football game. There's something like in the locker room that says Georgia Tech Athletic Association. Eric Russell says we should change that to GATA, aka get after that ass. And uh, yeah, there we go. That's how that was born. So is that really? Uh, I didn't know that. Go Story Eagles, time. Eric Russell, fun stuff. We we need him to come back to life and, and whip uh, whip the five strips into shape because Joe. It needs to be said, despite the rain and everything else. Columbus is playing in the same conditions and the five stripes came out very flat once again. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, in, I, I do agree with Frank DeBoer where you can't really take a lot from this game, but the things that you can take from it are happened in the very beginning. And mm-hmm. just the fact that Atlanta came out and was kind of ball watching in the first couple minutes that allowed that first goal to be scored. Like, you know, 
that is on Atlanta. You know, that, that, that was their fault. And um, yeah, you don't like to see that. You don't like to see that after, you know, you had the time off. You felt like you were fully prepared coming into this game. You finally had what seemed to be like a full complement of players, aside from Pitti Martinez, um, getting Franco Escobar back. You just hope to see like a little bit more like, you know, energy at the, at the start of the game. And maybe the rain was kind of a damper in that respect. But um, yeah, I think there's legitimate criticism for for conceding that opening goal at that time. It's just uh, really unforgivable at a time when this team really needs, you know, to get their asses in gear. I was trying to make a, a GATA reference there and I <laughs> and it fell apart on me. But um, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know, you just hate to see that. It's so demoralizing, too, when you see it happen. Um, it's just like, ugh, this is happening again. You know, it's like psychological. I think for the fans as much as the players, I think I think it's. It, it, it's no good for for anyone involved really just puts you in the mindset that it's all going to happen again you wonder how much this is going to start to snowball on them you know because that's always that's always the danger like you're just going to keep having these moments and even if the even if they're fluky moments like uh, the, the first goal pretty much was i mean they got burnt pretty well but you know it, it's such a haphazard thing going on at that point with the conditions that it, it's tough to manage and really gather any information from but but still it's it's a moment that, that very clearly set them back and, and it set the, the fans expectations back a little bit joe i was feeling like i was feeling good when i saw the four three 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 four three three whatever yeah. lineup come out you know with uh with tito inverted and it was just really good to see franco escobar back really uh but any any enthusiasm that had been created from that was kind of instantly extinguished Right then and there, yeah. For everyone involved, there was really no enthusiasm that came out of this game by the end of it whatsoever. <laughs> like there was, re- yeah. there's really nothing. I felt a sense of like nothingness and emptiness after this game. Um, I was actually at a wedding shower during the game, and so it was actually kind of nice for to like I. So I had ducked into a side room to pretty much just watch the game on my laptop. And uh, which is you know like totally what normal people do. And um, when I it was it was actually kind of nice to like just close my laptop and then like leave and go back into like a, <laughs> the regular world. Um, have you ever seen the show Succession on no. HBO? Well, never mind. I was going to make a uh, yeah. Anybody who's seen it in the last episode, there's a, there's a there's a scene with one of the one of the characters who's like watching something happening on his phone, and I. To not make any spoilers, it's a very um, uh, tragic event that he just sees, and he's just so cold and um, maybe sociopathic that he just like oh. shuts his phone and then just continues on uh, as it goes. But th- that's how, that's kind of how I felt. It was it was nice to actually just like go put the I just shut my laptop, put that game, put the game in the past, and then went on to deal with the real world again. Yeah, but um, that's kind of the thing. Like we've had a we had a two week break before this, and now we have another two week break, and it's, it's kind of like is there really that bad a thing like that we don't yeah. have to kind of deal with this right now which is totally the opposite of like how i felt for the first two and however many months years of this team right it's it's weird to be like well thank god we don't have to deal with that for a week you know yeah um, also one of my favorite parts speaking of kind of being enveloped in the world like i got was watching the game and you know i'm paying very very close attention while i'm tweeting snarky <laughs> things um but at one point the stream the the rain and wind was so bad that the stream for uh fox sports south 
both on TV and on streaming platforms was kind of cutting in and out. And it was just kind of like jump cutting between bad things happening. So like, it would be like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Gressel turns the ball over, cut. Oh, they're in the box, cut. Atlanta United somehow has the ball back, cut. <laughs> turnover you know is uh yeah it's it was, like you it don't know awful. whether it was better for you to not be seeing it or to have mm-hmm. seen it you know it's like is it is it putting you out of your misery or is it actually um yeah or is it compounding it uh yeah it, it was they there were some issues obviously with the broadcast i think i i thought it was just me uh, i thought it was like my right. internet connection but then yeah apparently it was everybody um the, the thing that really like kind of irritates me about this game is less so about the way it actually went and more sort of like what you were talking about, how we have another two week break here. And I feel like, I just feel like unsatiated, you know, like we had this game and it wasn't a game. And um, if we, even if we had lost, which we did, you know, I would have loved to spend the next week or so kind of, you know, diving into some of the intricacies about, you know, why we lost the game and, and, and what went wrong, what went right, how we can create better, blah, 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 you know, all the things that we normally do. And after that game, like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to, like, take stock in it, really, other than what we kind of talked about, which is, you know, the, the kind of the energy aspect and the, the miscues that they, that they made in the first half. But, like, uh, I don't know. It's just frustrating. It's frustrating not to have more, like, data points out of that game to be able to refer to. Yeah, absolutely. But even still, we have people, you know, <laughs> on the internet and things and the like and the Twitters and all that kind of thing. Uh, you know, saying that this was the death blow for Frank DeBoer. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which, calm down guys as always, as always. Um, but I think there's kind of the, 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 the take dichotomy, if you will, with regards to Frank DeBoer is becoming more and more apparent. And I'm going to go ahead and make this real black and white, I guess, and group you on the side of he needs a lot more time, right? And then put, mm-hmm. like, yeah. Rob Ushery on the other side of that and, yes. like, a, uh, how long are we going to keep making excuses for him? And then I'm going to throw me, like, like right in the middle <laughs> somewhere, <laughs> right? Like, um, so so you're the, you're the super ego in this situation. Joe Pat, or uh, Rob Ushery is the id, and I'm just kind of, like, floating in the, the gray ethereal area there uh, but i don't know well, I, I think i'm gonna lean more your way on this one and say there's not a ton we can take but at the same time you can't come out flat after after each of these games that have happened this season um that have kind of ended with in this way yeah it's like rob and i are like the uh, arguing parents and it's very awkward for <laughs> the rest of the the children to to witness this um yeah this uh it, it, it gets snarky and it gets <laughs> it gets heated at times. Um, but uh, you know, we're just a big family at Dirty South Soccer. We love each other. But um, but yeah, like we definitely have had some like divergent opinions on some things um, after this game. But that's great. You know, uh, I, I I like having some disagreements every once in a while. But um, this this year it's been like every <laughs> every once in a while is like every week. I will Every week say, after a game, it's pretty pretty predictable. Yeah, no, it, it is getting predictable, and I, I will say that at this point, I've already gotten to the point where I'm not even sad about the result, and that maybe because we won the dang MLS Cup right. last year. Uh, but at this point, I kind of giggle when bad things happen. Like 
it's not even like a Walter White in the crawl space kind of thing. Like it's just kind of objectively funny, but things have gone <laughs> so badly <laughs> um, because I mean, you, I mean, definitely not shout out Reddit MLS, which is a wretched hive of scum and villainy, the likes you'll never see, but it's funny to see them put up threads like after Atlanta loses and celebrate, you know, and be yeah. like, Oh, okay. They're the worst team in the East right now. All this kind of stuff. Um, that's, yeah. that's, you got to admit, it's kind of funny. The, kind the, of funny. the, the schadenfreude is really coming back to, to roost um, mm-hmm. with Atlanta United fans. It's kind of like, it's like Atlanta United fans and then the rest of MLS fans. And, you know, I, I will say, you know, Atlanta fans kind of, dug themselves into this uh into this hole here um with kind of there were there was some can we say it was arrogance last year with kind of the way that you know atlanta fans portrayed themselves and they were they were cool with that and um i think some of those decisions are kind of coming back to bite them and it is kind of interesting to watch the whole social dynamics around around this and to see the way that Atlanta fans are trying to defend themselves and, or, or sometimes it's Atlanta fans kind of joining the angry mob and, uh, and hitting back at their own team. Um, but yeah, I think that like from coming from this game, it's, I think if you wanted to hammer Frank DeBoer for any of these results that have happened so far, I think this is probably the one that is like the least amount, like kind of gives you the least, um, ability to do that because again we talked about how weird the game was but if you do go check um or when when the uh expected goals comes out i uh i think they that it'll be pretty close um the chances that were actually created were about equal except for the penalty if you you had to take that away it's kind of an outlier but um yeah. other yeah, than that atlanta got shots out. it had its most shots it has most shots in this game than in any other game they've had so but again yeah. i'm not taking away any kind of uh statistical analytical um, takeaways from this. I, I think it's kind of a throwaway. Sure. Sure. Whenever those come out, if only there were some way to see those beforehand, that'd be crazy. But, but I would, I would agree <laughs> in saying that the XG may surprise some people, but at the same time, like a, a lot of those shots were coming, not with game States, game States. Yeah. So, so and States. I will say about the, the two goals that Atlanta conceded, um, can, were ha- basically happened in very similar ways with a guy kind of getting in behind the the fullback area, like the fullback mm-hmm. center back, kind of getting in behind, um, having the fullback kind of chase back the and then had the defensive line retreating and just a low cross to striker, which happened to be Giassi's artist both times, um, you know, who was able to tap in a finish. And for those goals, I think you're already losing it when that ball gets in behind, like that's the key moment in the play. It's not the actual cross and the shot that happens. Like those, the, the difficulty of defending that situation um, is lost. Like that's that whole opportunity is lost the time at the point when the ball gets in behind and everybody starts retreating. Um, That's when you're just destined to give up those chances. So when we look at where, like how the goals are scored and who we want to uh, blame, you know, and, and, (laughs) <laughs> and point our pitchforks at. I think that, you know, it's not necessarily the guy who was sliding in at the end at the last second to try to stop the cross or whatever it was. You know, it's the whole how that how the opponent got in behind is kind of that that's what we need to figure out how to stop opponents from doing. And if we can do that, I think uh we'll be in better shape. 
and I, I think it's interesting to kind of look at that from the perspective of this was the first time we really saw a back four. And it, and it was a true back four. Yes. Am I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm right in saying mm-hmm. that? Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it was. Which may immediately be altered again as we kind of receive word of, of Franco Escobar uh, having a hip abductor injury, uh, according to Doug Roberson. Yeah. Uh, Doug seems to think that it won't be long, but those can be weird sometimes. I believe Tito had one last year that we thought he'd be back kind of quickly, and then it just kind of took forever for him to kind of work his way back in. Uh, yeah. Poor Franco Escobar, by the way. DeBoer, DeBoer mentioned it. I watched in the video uh, that was sent out that I mentioned earlier. He kind of just said he was like, yeah, he has some tightness in the adductor. So it wasn't. Okay. It didn't sound super serious, but who knows with these things. Continue. Franco Escobar's too handsome. I think I think God is upset that he created something more perfect than than God, you know, yeah. by, by making Franco Escobar. And this is punishment, just cyclical injuries throughout his life. Um what do we think of this though, as far as going forward? Um it, I don't think Tito is still really in in DeBoer's plans. I'd imagine we see PD back soon. Uh, do they continue with the four three three? All things considered, yeah, it'll be or interesting to see. One, which I guess is what it technically was, but right. I um, I it, I don't know if there's another right back that can play. It'll be interesting to see if DeBoer ever considers just playing Julian Gressel as a right back from the from the jump, which he hasn't done yet. Um, without Franco Escobar, you know the team. I think this was the first game they had started in a back four. So um, they'd always played in a back three with the, with the wingbacks. So it'll be interesting to see if Franco Escobar can't play in the next game, um, who would play. Then again, they have two week break, you know, he might be back. It's kind of hard to project who the, who the lineup will be. Um, But yeah, with Pitti coming back, I think that um, it's going to be difficult for Tito to get in. And it's just a shame for him in this game, the way that it turned out with the rain, the fact that the pitch was waterlogged, you know, it kind of totally nullified his strength, his his danger, which is to get in behind. And those balls simply just weren't on for either team, really, um, after, you know, probably, I guess, after halftime, just because you couldn't get a ball to roll. You couldn't, <laughs> you, you <laughs> literally couldn't pass it behind the defense if you tried. So, um, yeah, I feel for him in that sense. And it's tough. It's tough. Um Something that I don't think we've mentioned or that I've mentioned um, because when I was at training talking to DeBoer on what was it Thursday, uh, he did refer to Franco um, looking like a young deer when he came back to training, which I I enjoyed. He's like, like, you know, a a young deer is like trying to get its legs. (laughs) 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 Okay. He's like, he's like, it's like a little uncoordinated. (laughs) 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 I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. Um, that depiction of Franco. Hmm. Interesting. I do think he's one of, I do think he, Frank DeBoer considers him a like a, a a hundred percent starter uh, when he's fit, like we saw in this game. Um, But we'll see about his injury. Hopefully it's not too bad. So anything else we we really need to add to this This game? This game sucked. (laughs) I don't even know what to say about this. We're only here. So we don't get fined. We, yeah, we, said we, we, we said we put this out for you guys on Mondays, so here we are. Yay. Yay. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I don't know. Better wrap it up. I'm, I'm assuming One Headlight by the Wallflowers is playing in the background as we wrap this up. I mean, that better be the <laughs> outro music for this or I'm going to riot. 
Oh, oh man, <laughs> it was so great. There was beach ball people. Had, there were a couple of beach balls flying, and they kept oh, the wind yeah. was blowing right into the stage, so they kept flying like someone would throw it up and it would fly right at Jacob Dylan. He was like having to like dodge the beach balls. <laughs> oh, and the organist looked just like uh, LA United's communications manager, Chris Winkler. So it may that have been really, a, that, that was really the most enjoyable part for me. It was just imagining Chris was, <laughs> was on the organ the entire time. I have enjoyed imagining you just stuffing your face full of wallflowers in <laughs> just a totally just depression state, a fugue state, if you will, after the sports weekend and, and just cramming in the hits of the wallflowers. I told, so I have, when we were talking about recording this show, I told Sam, I said, I need, I need to go get some fresh air after, um, <laughs> after I finally Tottenham, um, you know, really drove the net, na- just hammered the nail home in my heart this morning. Uh, yeah, I had to clear my head. So it was nice to get out there and watch some wildflowers. It was really, or wallflowers. It was really funny to, um, see like the crowd that was there. Um, most people were just, you know, in their lawn chairs or sitting on their blankets or whatever in this field. It was in this park. And, um, except there was, you know, a collection of the hardcore wallflowers fans out there who were, you know, up in the front rows recording the whole things on their phones, et cetera, et cetera. And it's funny to me, there was like a distinct, um, there's like 30 year olds, which is like me. And then there's also just as into it, we're like some 55 year olds. And the reason that both these two groups are both just so interested in the wallflowers is because these two age groups were both at the local community pool listening to this song, these songs when they were popular um, <laughs> in the, in, in the mid nineties summers and listening to them. Joe, uh, when did you, when did you turn into Malcolm Gladwell? <laughs> <laughs> I need to do an outliers type yeah. of thing on, on oh, the demographics wall. of wallflowers. Sense. <laughs> Oh gosh, amazing! All right, let, let's get out of here. This yeah, is let's, yeah, yeah. All right, uh, the, the check out the Twitter, follow website. Bye, bye. Sad.